Another entry into the King of Games 1992. We are back again with another hot matchup. Some some spicy competition, if I do say so myself, from two games that are very different. Could possibly be not any more different. And this is not the first or last time this is going to happen in this tournament. And that is part of the reason why it is so entertaining, and I am sure that once this entry is over, we will have probably some butt hurt, and it's probably <laughs> going to originate at least from one person on this show. <laughs> I, at least I have a sense. But at any rate, I am joined today by two illustrious guest hosts here who are uh, helping us make this thing happen. I have Adam from the good, the bad, and the backlog, and Jeff of G Spot Gaming, gentlemen, how are we doing today? Good. <laughs> Say good day to your mum for me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mark Wahlberg. I'll get on that. <laughs> yeah, also good over here. Also good. I I've never met your mum, but I'm I I, I hope she's doing well. <laughs> oh well, thank you. That's yep. very nice. Yep. I also feel that that illustrates the difference between. British and Australian culture right there. So there you go. <laughs> uh, we are nothing if not international. Gentlemen, we are here to make some determinations that are entirely objective and absolute about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo and Final Fantasy V. Can I just say, yeah, this feels like I'm at jury duty, and this is a very serious, like, case that we're dealing with. <laughs> I would tend to agree. Mm. Let's let me see. What's the word? There's a lot of there's a lot of gravitas here. Yeah, yeah. this is a make or break decision that is going to have the fate of the world at the resolution. Oh, you know what I mean? I can't speak properly. It's 11 p.m. Or at the very least, the fate of several people just tuning the fuck out from the rest of this <laughs> competition. <laughs> But at any rate, if for some strange reason this is the first episode that you're tuning into, and I don't know why that would be, maybe you're just cherry picking because you happen to be a fan of one of these games and you just really want to be hurt and or feel something, which I guess I could relate with on some level. But this is, in fact, the King of Games tournaments, and we have a, a bracket of games from a given year. This is, of course, 1992. This is kind of how these two were seeded based on the voting that took place prior to this. And the way that we're going to run through this is we will provide some high level general information about both of the games. Uh, we'll have some discussion of, an, of a somewhat academic nature about both of said games. And then from there, we're going to take a quick break. And then we are going to jump into really the meat of the episode, which is going through the four different categories that we are uh, rating these games on. And when I say rating, technically we're going to give them points as in like one game is going to take the category for each of us. So we're each going to make that determination. And at the end of those four categories, there will be one that could be considered a winner, 
But here's the catch. Much like whose line is it anyway, the points do not matter whatsoever. And actually, in most cases, we will just totally throw that out. There's (laughs) really no bearing on how the rest of the episode will go. Thank God, because I suck at maths. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fortunately for you, I'll be keeping track of that. Probably. (laughs) It ultimately doesn't really matter because one game could sweep the whole damn thing and then the other one will just end up taking taking the bracket. It has happened. It has. No, I was saying, I'm thinking I've been on previous King of Games and you have a really borrowed discussion. You know, you're really, you're all on the same page. You really think one game is going to take it and then nostalgia hits or just bias hits and you can go away and you can, you know, you can be a jury, you can try and be, you know, you can try to center yourself. But at the end of the day, sometimes nostalgia just plays too big of a part. That is, that is absolutely true. I've seen some, some, some deathbed conversions (laughs) such as it is on this tournament and in the previous one too. So Mm. you never know quite what's going to happen. As far as those four categories are concerned, we'll be talking about the critical reception our personal attachment to both of the games, the legacy that they have left behind, and then what we refer to as head-to-head, which really just means if someone was to sit you down right now and hand you both of these games, which one would you choose to play and why? That's really what that is. All right, so with all of that out of the way, is there anything that uh, either of you would like to throw in, or uh, should we just jump right into some? Uh, some high-level discussion. Oh, I just was thinking that nostalgia is a hell of a drug, and that's probably why a lot of people still think that Zelda Ocarina of Time is the best game ever. Wow. I mean, not at all related <laughs> to this episode, but that's that's a personal shot, Adam. Thank you. It might Shots have been. <laughs> wow. Also, not necessarily best game ever. I just I just want to put that out there. Okay, fine. Favorite Possibly game. <laughs> one of the best Zelda games, maybe. Okay. But, yeah. That's all. Carry on. <laughs> okay. I mean... Majora's Mask can fuck right off, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> oh, the scandal. I've, I've never been shy about my feelings regarding that weird-ass spin-off game. But at any rate, that's not what we're here to talk about today. So we are going to start with Team NT4, Turtles in Time, which is, I suppose, probably more what it's just colloquially known as. If you don't already know, Turtles in Time is a side-scrolling beat-em-up Uh, featuring the titular Turtles, as it were, for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System in its 16-bit glory. It was released in Japan on July 24th of, of course, 1992. It made its way over to North America on August 15th, and in the EU on November 19th, where there it was known as Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles, because apparently they just really had something against ninjas. Jeff, do you... (laughs) Can you elaborate on that for me just a little bit? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I think it was always to do with ninjas just sounded too violent. Mm. So because it was a TV show, well, obviously we can go into the history of Turtles if we wanted to with the comics and how violent they were. Sure. Like Shredder getting shanked in the first comic and things like that. (laughs) Right. Because it was a cartoon, I think it may be the same in Australia, New Zealand as well, right? Like they just decided ninjas is is too violent. So hero sounds far more kid friendly. Fair enough. Actually, I think Australia kept ninja. I'm pretty sure it was just Europe. Oh, did you? Oh, good on you. Yeah, nice. Yeah. We're all convicts down here anyway, so we're not ashamed of any <laughs> violence. <laughs> yeah. They're no strangers to shanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, at any rate, uh, the game was, of course, developed and published by Konami back when that still meant something. <clears throat> 
So moving on to the critical reception and sales for Turtles in Time, uh, we have a game rankings aggregate score of 83%, pretty respectable. Some contemporaneous scores at the time, uh, Electronic Gaming Monthly or EGM gave it a 36 out of 40. Nintendo Power slapped a four out of five on it. And then a couple of publications from the UK, Game Zone and Mean Machines, gave it a 93 and 80 percent, respectively. Mm-hmm. Talking about some awards and recognition for the game, it is ranked seventh in Top Games of 1992 by Nintendo Power. IGN placed it at 39th in their Top 100 SNES games of all time. Speaking of all time lists, there's quite a few of those. So the last two here we have Games Radar. Uh, gave it its 24th spot with Complex giving it ninth. Wow. Um, so pretty high up there. So this one blew my mind. I'm going to be honest. Typically, you know, we like to find the sales figures for these games because that is part of the discussion here. And unbelievably, I could not unearth any sales numbers hmm. for Turtles in Time for the Super Nintendo whatsoever. I went to the usual places. I went to VG charts. I scoured through the wiki page i did a lot of googling and i could not find a single thing so anecdotally (laughs) pearls in time sold pretty well if for nothing other than at least everyone i knew owned it i owned it i still own it it was what one might say kind of a big deal so take that for what what it is because we don't actually have any hard numbers yeah, I was thinking because Turtles in the UK, where I'm from, uh, was a was a really really big thing. Mm-hmm. But around '92, we're talking about the show being what four or five years old. The movie mm-hmm. had kind of, I think, the second movie was out by then, and it kind of bombed. Like Turtle Mania was on the way down, especially over here. Mm-hmm. When you see copies, I'm, I'm kind of relating it to copies that you see today of Tur- Turtles in Time. It's a really, really, and it always has been a really expensive retro game. Mm -hmm. And that to me suggests that there's just not many copies of it flying around. It's not a case of Turtles is always popular. It feels like a typical Konami thing like the Castlevania where just trying to get hold of a copy is hard enough. Well, now that makes me wonder how much my cartridge is worth. I should probably look that up at some point. Definitely have a look, especially the US one. (laughs) That's just an anecdote. I could be completely off, but yeah, Turtles, it kind of from early to... I think Nickelodeon did a reboot of the show in the late 90s, I think, but it it was kind of waning in the, in, in the mid-90s, so maybe it was on the way down. Could be wrong. No, I think that's a fair assessment. So just to clarify, does that mean that it was popular or it wasn't popular? It was popular, but I think it, the show, the, the TV series just ran its course. The, the second movie wasn't very good, although the games are great. Oh, no, I, I mean more like... If the game is hard to find, is that because there are less copies of it available or more people bought it? I usually go down the route of it. And with this tip, as I say, maybe typical Konami, they just didn't make enough for the region. Right. Okay. That's cool. I'm just, I'm just trying to follow your logic. That's all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't follow my brain too much. It's <laughs> least of weird places. Well, anecdotally, I can tell you that Turtles is, it sold decently here. <laughs> yeah. I say also not directly related but i i take personal offense to the notion that uh secret of the ooze was a bad movie that movie is fucking brilliant and i will fight <laughs> anyone that says otherwise I fair agree. enough fair enough i mean come on and vanilla ice 
with the turtle rap. How could that be bad? It's the ultimate stamp of cool, isn't it? Having vanilla rice on your soundtrack. Sure was, (laughs) I guess. I remember watching that and wishing, oh, I want some of that ooze so I can turn into a big monster because that's (laughs) what I wanted to be as a kid. (laughs) Is it bad that like part of me, uh, this is is where I, I think I have my like, my inner fat kid is just like the thing that stood out to me more was like the box of donuts that they put the the ooze ice cubes inside of uh, i was just like yeah. man those donuts do look like num nums <laughs> uh anyway so as far as some <laughs> high level discussion about the actual game itself i mean i i'm not sure what there is to say frankly i think most people know what turtles in time is um like i said it is a it's a side scroller beat em up very similar to the arcade release from konami which i believe was the year prior um, this was the first time that the art style and, and everything like that was really translated to the home console in a meaningful way, because before this, and if you've listened to our show, you know that we've already done an episode on TMNT 2, the arcade game that was released, and that was the home port of that. And it's not quite the same as one might suppose. So this was really the first time that you had something for you know, a team and T arcade game at home that looked more or less just like what you saw in the arcade. Did you frequent arcades? Because I actually had no idea that TMNT Turtles in Time was an arcade game just because there were so few arcades in my area that I never saw one. Mm. I, I mean, I did. We, we had one. I mean, I was I grew up in a fairly small town, so we, we really only had like one arcade, but it was at the the local mall, so that was kind of where all the kids hung out. Back when malls were still a thing. <laughs> did you play this there, though? I did, actually. Oh. Yeah, yeah. They they had a cabinet there. I was actually pretty fortunate. In, in retrospect, that one small arcade uh, was called the Dream Machine. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, great name, also. They tended to have a lot of the, the more popular cabinets. I guess being like, well, no pun intended, the only game in town <laughs> regarding arcades at any rate i guess maybe benefited them um of course we had a you know a smattering of pizza joints that happened to have like one street fighter machine or whatever but that was pretty much the place to go god you're so american i love it (laughs) (laughs) what about what about what i just said specifically arcades and pizza places Oh, hey, man, that was peak 90s. I mean, yeah, Chris and I've had that conversation on the show about how like that that early 90s Pizza Hut aesthetic is Mm. 100% a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I remember seeing that kind of stuff in movies like American movies from the 90s. And I'm like, wow, that is so foreign to me. But yeah, (laughs) I'm picturing like Stranger Things kind of stuff. Anyway, that's it's actually not that far off. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but anyway, Turtles in Time. Yes. Uh, Side scrolling beat em up. Never knew it was an arcade game. Knew it was on the Super Nintendo. And uh, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a, you know, as most arcade games are, it's a fairly succinct experience. Um, you can get through the whole thing in under 30 minutes. Typically, when I do a run through, I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of like 20 to 25 minutes. I think the last time Chris and I co-opted it on hard mode i think it was like 23 minutes and change is what we made it through so jesus that's pretty fast yeah so it's not a long game mm-hmm. it is very good in that it has been regarded as one of the best side scrolling beat em ups to really ever been made the controls are very tight the art style is is fantastic plus you've got some of the extras in there as far as like being able to swap it to more of like a 
comics art style, which always was pretty cool. I'd like to bounce back and forth between those. There was also the the stage layouts were were different from the arcade. And in my opinion, actually were better in the Super Nintendo version just because uh, from a gameplay flow perspective, but also, you know, for whatever it is, let's just say plot reasons as thin as that might be. It actually made more sense how they sort of readjusted the location of where the levels and some of the uh, things that happened in the game occurred, like when the turtles get sent back in time by Shredder, because in the arcade version, it happens at the end of like the sewer surfing level, which makes like no fucking sense at all. And then they added the Technodrome level where you actually fight Shredder. And that's where you get to use the cool throw mechanic in the game to throw the foot soldiers up at the screen to actually defeat Shredder. And that is when he gets pissed off and sends you back in time. So to me, at least, that seemed to always make more sense. Mm-hmm. Any any high level stuff on this from from the two of you as far as like gameplay, things like that? Well, I don't know how, how high level it is, but I do appreciate the animations and the sprites and stuff like that mm. when I played it. Um, I only, confession, I only played this very, very recently for the first time on my Retroid 2 Plus. Oh, nice. Oh, so you did get one of those. Yes, I did. <laughs> and, um, awesome. And I played that game for this episode like two days ago. <laughs> I remember thinking, oh, wow, for a Super Nintendo game, these animations are really, really good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was impressive. And I loved the story about stealing the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, <laughs> that's just hilarious. <laughs> De- definitely the most sensical choice as far as villain plot goes. Oh, absolutely. And my other highlight is the uh, xenomorphs in the sewer. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, the, the pizza monsters. Yeah, super cool. That's, uh, that's my input, I'm afraid. It's about as high level as I get. <laughs> now, fair enough. Uh, Jeff, anything you'd like to add? Well, I think. I mean, I did play it once or twice in the arcades, but then I didn't play it for a long, long time. I think until there was some sort of release on the 360, I think, um, was when I, when I picked it uh, up. Oh yeah, we don't, we don't talk about that no. one. <laughs> but I mean, now, now we're in like oversaturation of Turtles again. I picked this cop, I picked up a copy of it, sorry, of the Japanese Famicom one a few years ago, just cause I always wanted a copy of it. And yeah, I think I played it solidly for a week after I got it because I just, yeah, just realized just how good of a side scrolling beat 'em up it, it is in com- in comparison to other efforts on the on the SNES, mm-hmm. especially when you compare it to like a Final Fight, mm-hmm. which has a terrible port, which I think is all well known as well. I feel that this is, in my opinion, and this is where I need to be really careful what I say. I don't want to step on toes for the f- for the upcoming uh, for the second part for the second act, but it's an incredibly solid port by Konami. I think uh, it, it translates incredibly well to home console, and that's why it's still popular today. It's just such an, a joy to play, and I think yeah, you guys have mentioned the sprites, the little bits of animation. It kind of cartoonizes it, which was great for the time because we like were saying the cartoon was such a big hit. Yeah, like presentation, it just. From beginning to end, it's Konami way on form. It's the Konami we all remember. Um, really, really taking care of what they're doing and the IPs that they had a, a license for. I always wished, probably like a lot of people, that they released a Simpsons arcade as well. Uh, yes. Like that was my always my second favorite. Whenever when you know, in the arcade, you were either picking I was always either picking Turtles or Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Usually Turtles would win, but I now obviously regret that because we're never going to see The Simpsons again, are we? <laughs> so, uh, well, unless you get the one up, the, that arcade in the US. That's true. What is that, like $500 or something? Uh, you can find it on sale, I'm sure. But like, 
yeah, that's an incredibly hard game to try and uh, try and get to run. But anyway, I think that's what I all I really want to add. All right, fantastic. Well, I suppose with that, let's move right on to our contender, Final Fantasy V. So, some general info here. I mean, it's a Final Fantasy game. It is in fact a Japanese role playing game or JRPG. If you're listening to this show, I suspect you know what that means. It was released on December 6th and, of course, developed and published by Square. The critical reception and sales for FF5, uh, we have a game rankings aggregate of 66, which I'm going to be honest, was a little bit lower than I was expecting for this game. The only contemporaneous score that we really had listed here was uh, Famitsu, of course. Uh, They gave it a 34 out of 40. Pretty respectable. Mm. It did garner some awards and recognitions. It is the 15th all-time best game just just ever, like out of anything. Wow. Rated by Famitsu in 2006. Wow. Game Center CX in 2021 gave it the 34th best game of all time on their top list. And Game Fan gave it a couple of accolades, uh, the best import game and best music import of 1992. Now, we do have some sales figures for FF5, thankfully, um, so it won't necessarily be a point of comparison, but at the very least, we'll get some context. If you're not aware, of course, this was released primarily in Japan. It didn't actually come to the 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 shores for the rest of us until several years later even though there were multiple attempts to try to get it ported one where they actually wanted to try to port it as a a pc thing which would have been interesting but that fell through but at any rate in japan it sold roughly two and a half million copies it is the 17th best-selling super nintendo game ever just period And in the year that it was released in 92, it was the second best selling game in Japan. Kind of a big deal. I guess taking that and sort of just segueing right into some of the the high level discussion of FF5. One thing that I do want to point out here, and I feel like it might factor into some of the discussion later, at least I think it will for me, is that it potentially can be kind of hard for us to really gauge just how big of a deal this was simply because none of us are. Japanese and we're not Japanese in 1992, but it was actually a pretty momentous occasion um, to the point where they had released uh, an, an OVA, an anime for it. I think it was a four episode run totaling just shy of two hours worth of content called Final Fantasy Legend of the Crystals. This game basically birthed its own sort of little anime miniseries, um, which, if I recall, think was set about 200 years in the future and follows the descendant of Bart's or Butts, depending on how you want to <laughs> refer to him as. It's Butts forever. Butts forever. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Butts forever. There you go. Uh, all right. So gentlemen, what uh, FF5, talk to me about this game. Well, it's a JRPG. Fantastic. It is, I believe it's the second game from Final Fantasy to use the job system, or it's rather the first Final Fantasy to revolutionize or, you know, really take advantage of the job system, which Mm -hmm. involves changing the class of your characters and leveling them up and switching them out and vice versa. What else? Four great characters. (laughs) One is Butts, and (laughs) there's two girls and an old guy. So what more could you want? Lots of crystals, lots of crystal shards. Uh, so if you're into meth, it's, this, is, this is the game for you. And, uh, <laughs> Just ringing endorsement. 
I don't know where to start. I mean, I watched the OVA recently and it was uh, interesting. So that was cool. And I've already talked about this last episode. So I'm a bit like, oh, I kind of remember what I said. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing, right? It's like the further we get into this thing, there's probably less and less to say about it if you've been listening. But I mean, this is the first time for me anyway that I'm talking about FF5 here on this this particular competition. I do want to kind of dovetail off of your point about the job system, because I think that's yeah. probably one of the biggest things, really, about FF5 and why it is so well regarded, I think, is just because this is arguably a much better take on that system, probably one of the better ones. And part of that, I think, stems from just the fact that it has this incredible level of flexibility because in other iterations of this kind of a thing, um, especially in games that would follow uh, FF5, these things tend to be a little bit more restrictive. Like one of the things that comes to mind for me is something like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, which is a brilliant game, of course. But the sort of job system that you have in most of the tactics games, including like Advance and A2 and all that, is that it's sort of like a tree, like a skill tree system, something like World of Warcraft, only in that you can get to a certain job only by having that character be in a previous job first to sort of like unlock that. Right. Whereas in FF5, it's like almost completely free form. It's just like, Okay, well, as soon as you, you know, get to the next crystal of of the four, every time you get to a crystal and ostensibly it just explodes because you're always showing up just a little too late, (laughs) which is a running theme. It blows up into shards and those shards give you the powers of these jobs, which canonically, I guess, is like the powers of warriors past or some other fluff nonsense. Point being is that you get four new jobs to choose from every time and you're more or less free to just swap to them whenever you want for any of your characters to the point where you can really mix and match and make these very interesting combinations. Like, you know, at a baseline, the game's sort of like tutorial or whatever kind of tells you like, hey, like you could be a knight and and also have white magic so that you can heal, which is like kind of like a paladin, but you make yourself. It's like build a bear for RPG classes. (laughs) And so that's kind of cool. I actually really do appreciate that system. And truth be told, because I'm going to get it out here now, because I know that there's at least one person, our lovely patron Lyle, who's probably going to listen to this and he will want to know, I am giving FF5 another chance and I'm going to get into this in my personal experiences category. <laughs> I just Lyle, you, you should be happy about this. OK, that's all I want to say. But at any rate, uh, Jeff, um, we've been kind of talking a lot, but do yeah. you have anything that you wanted to cover for uh, FF5 here? Well, I mean, I'm one of those disgusting PAL region people. Mm. My first Final Fantasy was seven. I'd never heard of it when, when this when this came out. I said, I'm not Japanese. I wasn't Japanese at the time. <laughs> so it's a difficult one. I think I'm, I'm going all on secondhand information mm. to make a decision today. Did a lot of video watching. So I've absorbed other opinions just to try and get a feel for how the game is. I think the two things that kind of stand out to me from a story perspective, kind of how maybe even today it sounds quite contemporary. You've got a world that's being overly used by its inhabitants. And in this case, it seems like it decides to fight back, mm-hmm. you know, which is quite an interesting. I mean, I know obviously in the 90s, people were still talking about, oh, was it global warming in the, in the 90s? Was it the ozone layer? Or I, was saying, I think it was the ozone layer. It was the ozone, yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that takes me back. <laughs> <laughs> It was the one thing that we as a people collectively managed to fix. We, we yep. abolished CFCs. So good job, everyone. Well, yeah. everybody. <laughs> High fives. 
And then one of the characters, I think, yeah, it's isn't one of the characters like gender fluid or there's like an LGBT character, right? Sort of. It's arguable. I mean, kind of. It's a lady pretending to be a man to fit into a man's world, but I think the argument can be made that she is uh, non-binary or okay, something along those lines. Yeah, but so it's yeah. debatable. <laughs> <laughs> so it, these two things make you think. Okay, it's actually you know you put it if you you pick up those themes and you put them in a game today, it would be like, wow, 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 finally a game that, that's taking on taking on the fights and taking on the causes and, and all of those things. But uh, it was, you know, it came out in 92, so so fair play to it there. Um, but yeah, what I saw in terms of the gameplay, it looks like, it sounds like that's that's a big clincher. I've played a lot of games since, well, in the last few years, really, even who have got job systems. You know, we'll go on to other points in the future, but it, it seems like, you know, this game really kind of set a very high standard, it seems. Yeah. And, and on the point of the, the story and plot, I do want to make a point of kind of elaborating a little bit on that, because it was an interesting, interesting point that somebody else brought up. I'm certainly not going to take credit for this, but in having some time to kind of ponder on it, I do tend to agree. And that is, by and large, a pretty simple and straightforward affair, right? It's your party of four. They are trying to save the world from this evil entity, and there's really no moral ambiguity or or gray areas. And honestly, in some ways, that's actually kind of refreshing. Like it was it was probably par for the course in, in 1992. But when you're sort of looking at it retrospectively, like we are. A lot of games, especially RPGs and things like that, love to take this more like deconstructionist viewpoint on things of like, ah, yes, the hero's journey. But what if we were to not do that thing and just sort of like, you know, try to turn things on its head or try to be subversive or whatever, or being sort of a meta commentary on things. And in a way, this game is just refreshingly simple. It's just, no, you you get to have the, the fantasy of being the good guys. You are the good guys and you're all the people in your party always get along. They have a great time. They laugh about things and they persevere through this and they defeat the thing that is absolutely evil. There's no question about whether he's got like actually maybe OK motives and like, what if Thanos was right? Like, it's just <laughs> nah. he's he's just a bad guy. That's what he does. He does it for the sake of being a bad guy. End of story. And honestly, I kind of have to respect that. It's something that you can kind of just get into. It's one of those like sort of intrinsic stories that are just a part of, you know, have been a part of human culture for basically as long as we've been telling stories. You know, it's the the good guys versus versus the bad guys. And sometimes that's okay. And so I just want to point that out because I do kind of appreciate how straightforward I think the this game takes its story. Yeah. I also think it's interesting to point out that it is between Final Fantasy 4 and 6, which both have these kind of, not, I don't want to say overly complicated, but they're, they're much more sort of melodramatic stories involving, mm-hmm. you know, deaths of party members and, you know, um, family histories and yada, yada, yada. And like, just this kind of like big operatic thing. And in between those two games there's final fantasy 5 which is a very like as you said straightforward but also quite light-hearted story mm-hmm. yeah which i really appreciated so i totally agree it's a it's a really refreshing compared to a lot of the other 
JRPGs that you come across, or at least in this time frame. Yeah, you've got four and six, and then sandwiched in the middle, you have butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when butts is sandwiched in the middle. It's just the best. Uh, all right. Well, I suppose if we have nothing else to cover on either of these games at this sort of like high level academics discussion, then we probably <laughs> ought to take a little bit of a break. And when we return, we will start jumping into the meat of the episode where we start covering the the four major categories and assigning winners that ultimately probably won't matter. So hang on tight and we will be back in just a moment. Sewer surface. Right, and we are back, and hopefully so are you. Uh, so we are going to kick off our categorical discussion about these two games. And so to quickly recap, we're going to go through critical reception, personal attachment, legacy, and head to head. Let's kick things off with our discussion on critical reception and what our thoughts on that are. So I am going to start things off with Jeff. So Jeff, uh, what are your what are your thoughts on the critical reception of these two games? Yeah, so it's quite difficult, this one, because Final Fantasy V, it only came out in one country. So Famitsu being Japanese, try not to take it with a grain of salt too much, but that's a pretty good score from them. I think the fact that it's, was it like 17th best-selling SNES game ever as well, I, I, I heard you say. Mm-hmm. But like it, it clearly in Japan like resonates really well. I get the feeling that it's a game that over time has become more appreciated over here in the West. It seems that when I look at uh, what people are saying today, there's a lot of a lot of love for it in terms of uh, how, from a, just a pure gameplay point of view, it, it really set a really high bar with that with that job system. So it seems like that kind of has it going for it. And then with Turtles, I mean, it's a really it's a really difficult one because obviously Turtles was a gigantic franchise, um, super popular. And I'm sure at the time, magazines kind of really wanted it to be good as well. You see that a lot. Like, I don't know if you guys have got any old magazines. I kind of presume you have. But there are some crazy scores that got handed out in the, in the, in the early <laughs> 90s for some games. Mm-hmm. They're scores that just don't stack up today. What's a magazine? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Turtles, like the four out of fives and the 90%, it kind of makes sense. I'm not too surprised just because of how popular it was. But so, so yeah, I find it like putting them against each other. This is a really, really tricky one. What would Final Fantasy V have got if it came out in America and, and, in, and in, in Europe, Australia? I don't agree with Squaresoft and, their, and their, the strategy that they had at the time, because I think like if anything, the West shows that like we love RPGs, we love role playing. Mm-hmm. Like Dungeons and Dragons was, you know, it was a gigantic thing. So why wouldn't, and we made a lot of games over in Europe for the Amiga, for the Commodore that were all RPGs. So I think we would have, I feel like we would have adopted it fairly well, but yeah, so that's where I am. I'm kind of, it's hard to compare, I find. And so if you were going to be forced to choose one to take this category for you, what would it be? Oh, if I'm going to be forced right now, I would, I would probably give my tilt of the hat to, to Turtles. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Adam, what are your thoughts? Uh, all right. Well, it's hard to say as well, since Turtles in Time didn't have any definitive sales figures, and it's just one of those things that anecdotally apparently sold really well, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm. I've 
remember in the past, I've been surprised by the sales numbers of something like Castlevania being surprisingly low. That being another Konami game, I'm sort of conflating the two just because it's the same developer. I think 2.5 million sales for just one country is huge. Mm -hmm. You would be lucky to get that worldwide for a lot of games. That is massive. It's also kind of hard to take the game rankings aggregate of 66% for Final Fantasy V seriously because that seems like it's sort of done retrospectively, you know, also because it wasn't released in the West until, you know, much, much later. Right. Who's to say that that number is lower because people are looking at it being from the lens of somebody that's been exposed to better games since then, I suppose, if that makes sense. True. Yeah. Uh, And they're like sort of judging it as a comparison to the other Final Fantasy games. But I admit that Turtles in Time has a really impressive set of review scores and review numbers. It's ranked pretty highly, got a lot of good awards and recognition, but there's no way that the critical reception and sales for Turtles, in my opinion, is better than Final Fantasy V. I think just the sheer amount of sales that it had in one country, yeah, it probably wouldn't have sold as well in the West, but if you did release it in the West at the same time, you would have at least got an, another million or so on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm betting that that's definitely more than what Turtles got, I would say, theoretically. But I pick Final Fantasy V, if that's the question. <laughs> <laughs> that is, in fact, how these categories work. So that yeah. is the question. Yes. <laughs> All right. Great. So that's one in each category. And that just leaves me without echoing too much of what both of you have said. I would say that, you know, I think the majority of the rest of this episode is just going to be me trying to be as objective as possible and not just say, fuck all y'all, it's turtles forever, (laughs) because that's really what I just want to do. But we are here to be fair and balanced, if nothing else, I guess. So in the sake of at least attempted objectivity, I would tend to have to agree with Adam, I think, in that, you know, unfortunately, we do only have, um, you know, Japan sales figures and things like that. But if you take that and, and, and extrapolate that out, not to mention the fact that, you know, as we pointed out, you know, FF5 got its own sort of like anime spinoff kind of thing, which, you know, I suppose in this day and age, maybe it doesn't sound like such a big deal because we have Netflix trying to do spinoffs and ruin everything at every possible opportunity. <laughs> so we might be a little desensitized to that, I guess, but it was kind of a big deal back then. And it's sort of an interesting converse, I guess, to Turtles in that I think in a lot of ways, Turtles in Time, and this is probably going to come up again, at least in my discussions, leans pretty heavily right on its IP. Uh, Not to say that it's a bad game, because it's certainly not by any stretch, whereas it already had a show and a sort of pre-established thing to go for it. And the other way around, you know, FF5 kind of established this particular version of its world and these characters. And then it had a follow on show that was built on top of that. So I think with with all of that, you know, kind of put together, I, I would I would kind of have I think I'd have to give it to, to Final Fantasy. Honestly, I think just comparatively, I think it probably had uh, the better showing overall. All right. So first category, FF5 takes it with critical reception. And so from here, we're going to move on to the even more subjective section <laughs> of personal attachments. 
We'll start this one off with Adam this time. So Adam, what's your what's your attachment to these two games? Okay, so Final Fantasy V at one point, um, I played it for the first time via emulation when I was in high school. And at that point, I think I said it was my favorite Final Fantasy game mm-hmm. or even my favorite game of all time. And that was probably strictly because it was so undiscovered and I was like a hipster before being a hipster was a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) But as I've gotten older, I care a lot less about this game. So I'm not super attached to it, but I do have a really soft spot towards this game and Final Fantasy in general. Turtles in Time, however, I've played that for the first time as of a couple of days ago on my Retroid Pocket 2 Plus. And um, I didn't care for it. We and Good, the Bad, and the Backlog are not sponsored by Retroid in any way. So. No, absolutely not. But I didn't care for it, to be honest. So The Retroid or Turtles? <laughs> Turtles in Time. Oh, okay. <laughs> Played it for, uh, I think I got like halfway and I was like, oh, fuck, this is boring. Wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to have to give it to Final Fantasy V because I've actually played and finished that game and I like it. <laughs> it's harsh. I'm attached to that compared to something I just picked up a couple mm. days ago, which I didn't really like that much. Fair enough. Harsh, but fair. All right. Yeah. I'll go next <laughs> just to provide some balance to the force, if nothing else, I guess. <laughs> Listen, man, this is no secret to anybody who's known me for more than like, I don't know, 15 minutes or something. Um, if you've ever seen my home office here that I'm currently recording in, you would see the shelf of NECA figures for all of the turtles and all of the characters from the uh, the movies. So I might be a little bit of a Ninja Turtles fan. And they were always, they were a huge part of my childhood. Like that was my show. My brother, who's about four years younger than me, you know, his thing was more like Power Rangers. That was around the time when he was kind of that particular age bracket. But for me, it was the Ninja Turtles far and away. You know, obviously the personal attachment category absolutely has to go to Turtles for me. I didn't even know FF5 was a thing. I I didn't play really any JRPGs back when they were when these were being released. Uh, Now, of course, this is a given for this one because we didn't get it. But I, I, I just missed all of this stuff, even though I owned a Super Nintendo. I had a friend actually once who lent me a copy of Illusion of Gaia. And I played it for like, I don't even know, 10 minutes or something. And I was like, eh. And then I think I gave it back to them like the week later or something, which in retrospect, it was like, what the fuck is wrong with me? <laughs> Suffice to say, I got into RPGs of this nature a little bit later in life. Um, I started my RPG journey with more action oriented stuff. It's part of the reason why Diablo is like my favorite game series of all time. So I don't really have a lot of attachment at all to FF5. I will say that, you know, in very recent memory, I've I've come to respect it a lot more. And this is the part where I wanted to point out specifically, (laughs) again, specifically for Lyle's benefit, if nothing else. So we do this thing called the Four Job Fiesta every year. We participate in it. And that's thanks to Lyle bringing it up a few years back. And without going into too much detail, suffice to say, it is a an event, an annual event where you fire up a fresh, you know, save file of FF5 and you get randomly assigned jobs through a Twitter bot that they have set up. And you have to play through the whole game with only those jobs that you have been randomly given. And sometimes you get broken combinations and then sometimes you get complete shit selections and it makes the run a fucking nightmare. 
and um against the better judgment and suggestions from both co-host chris and lyle of saying like hey man maybe don't make your first playthrough of ff5 be a four job fiesta run because you might get stuck with some bullshit like berserker or geomancer or whatever and uh i was like yeah no i'm gonna do that turns out it was a bad idea (laughs) so my my first experience with ff5 was horrible because i had just a total dumpster fire of a party makeup and um i bounced off it real hard and hated it and i've i've slowly come back around to it and actually as we speak i am playing through the pixel remaster and i am happy to say that i am enjoying it much more and I, I actually appreciate a lot of what this game has going for it now that I'm not constrained by some arbitrary system. Though I think once I get through the game like legit for once, I, I might actually start participating in the Fiesta, maybe next year. But all of that is just to say that uh, Turtles absolutely takes this category for me without any question. So I guess that only leaves Jeff. So Jeff, what what are your personal attachments here? I'm also... From that age bracket where Turtles was the biggest thing, I absolutely loved TMNT or the heroes, uh, ninjas, whatever they, whatever you want them to be. <laughs> I was obsessed with the toys. I didn't go for NECA. I'm a Super 7 guy. Ah, nice. So I've got all four Turtles in Super 7 form. I get quite a lot of people comment on my Instagram feed, just why do you keep posting Turtle stuff? And I, <laughs> It's just like, I guess I still love it more than I should. I tried re- re-watching the show recently and I was like, no, I, it really was for kids. I can barely sit through one episode. Yeah, don't do not yeah. do that. You no. know, it's a bad time. I, I, I have the whole thing on that DVD collection that mm. comes in that cool little, the turtle van. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really nice on the shelf and that's probably where it should stay. <laughs> <laughs> I never played Final Fantasy V. Uh, like I said, the first one I played was seven. I've gone back to other Final Fantasies, but not five. And since I've done some research for this episode, I've kind of realized, oh, I, I really should pick up or, or at least get like a good trans, you know, fans translation copy on, 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 on emulation, stick it on my uh, SNES Classic. I really want to give it a go now. I won't do this crazy Fiesta run that you're talking about, but I do really, really <laughs> want to give it a go. And the job system, it doesn't sound like it's full of what I would call bullshit jobs. Like Final Fantasy X2 was the first job kind of RPG that I played and mm. I, I just couldn't get my head around it, but I've played others since then, like Bravely Default, and I really enjoyed it. So I kind of really want to go back and play something or play that system in like its purest form and see if I can break the game and do some crazy damage. So I'm kind of looking forward <laughs> to playing it, but personal attachment absolutely has to go towards the Turtles. It's just the IP of kids born, what, between 82 and 85, I think. And that's me. I mean, I was 86, so I'll extend it to okay, that. Okay, there we go. Okay, but yes. Yeah. But no further than that. That's it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, I missed the boat on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I still, I, how can you play it today and not enjoy it? Do you, that's, that's, <laughs> I mean, I wasn't going to say it. But, I don't, right. Right, I really want to keep my, you know, sanctimonious opinions to myself, but like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what we're here for is to be entirely sanctimonious about this stuff. So, you know, go ahead. Oh, you want me to answer it? I want to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to know, Adam. Okay, You're okay. on fucking trial right, right now. Yeah, sure. It was boring. I don't like beat-em-ups. I don't like turtles that much. I was never really attached to... I mean, I kind of liked the characters and stuff when I was a kid, but 
when I was a kid, it was mostly like the older brothers and sisters of my friends that were into turtles and stuff. Mm. Not my age group. I've sort of liked it by association, but oh, and mm. I liked the uh, the movies, the live action ones that came out. Those were great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But I've never been like obsessed with it the same level that the old people are. <laughs> Old people. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The olds. <laughs> but then you don't all. But so, like in terms of like the genre, like Final Fight and Alien versus Predator and Captain Commando and Cadillac, Cadillac and Dinosaurs, like that genre doesn't really float your boat. Then. Yeah, no. Nah, fuck all those games. They're so boring. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Holy shit! I have never in my life heard someone list beat 'em up games and put those. Specifically <laughs> over things like I don't know Streets of Rage. Or, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, "Fucking Cadillac, what?" <laughs> Sorry, yeah, go on. Well, those are great games. Those are like great arcade games. I'm just thinking of arcade ones. <laughs> okay, well, I played River City Girls recently, and oh, aside from good. really loving the soundtrack, I just was not into the gameplay that much at all. Like, it just yeah. so repetitive to me. Mm-mm. I mean, to be fair, I can understand that. Yeah. 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 I mean, and you're talking to somebody who's like, Chris never quite understands why I like action RPGs so much, like why I'm so into Diablo. He's just like, ah, yes, you you're, you click a lot and things die. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah. That's that's the point. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. All right, that's fine. Not to get too far off topic, but games like Diablo and stuff like that, you're rewarded by loot and upgrades and leveling up and new skills mm. and stuff like that. Turtles in time, you don't get anything new. You're just button mashing your way through uh, level after level of, you know, admittedly fun animated characters and stuff like that. But it's just there's no nuance to it. It's a two button system. One is jump, one is attack. And you just have at it. You don't get any level ups. You don't get any rewards. If I if I can quickly just interject and defend, those games are are basically there to suck up quarters and coins. Yeah, um, and they a- they take they take twenty five minutes to beat. Like <laughs> I played Diablo three for the first time last year, and I was equally like, this is meant to be fun. <laughs> hour what? after hour after hour after hour of looting and clicking a mouse is like, I got better thing to do with all these hours like play factorio <laughs> <laughs> but wow. you know it's, okay, it's yeah. there you go you know it's like where do you value your time i, I like 20 minute 20 minute game versus 90 hours but that's that's a personal thing yeah 20 minutes for me doesn't seem like enough to warrant booting up the game <laughs> i'd rather just like wank <laughs> i mean yeah well yeah 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 fair enough <laughs> yeah it's, yeah I, don't, I guess you can't argue with that really yeah, beat em ups, uh, just not my genre. Cool. I appreciate what they stand for and that other people really enjoy them. So um, have at it. But, you know, I'd much rather take a role playing game over mm-hmm. just a quick beat em up. Fair. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> with that saucy topic behind us, I guess let's go ahead and move on to the next one, which is the legacy that these games have left in their wake. So I guess I will start since I have yet to start a category here. So this is an interesting one for me, only in that I, unlike a lot of the other matchups in both this tournament and the King of Games 2000, I think this might be the first time where I kind of say, I'm not sure that either of them have a huge one, really. And that's because... 
I don't think that they necessarily have a legacy in and of themselves, if that makes sense. So if we're talking about like Turtles in Time, you know, it, it definitely has left an impression on a whole generation of folks. Um, I think we've made that pretty clear at this point. You know, it was important enough to warrant having one remaster occur that should have never happened in mm. reshelled. Awful. Just another thing you can blame Ubisoft for. And uh, which I also still have on my 360, by the way, even though it's been delisted. So I can always go back and remember how awful that was. And then apparently there was also another attempt to have this remade at some point. I don't think it ever come to any sort of fruition. So it kind of is what it is. But it is definitely remembered fondly by most people who played it then. But I think most of the legacy really is just around the Turtles IP uh, more than anything. It is arguably one of the best beat-em-ups probably ever, just purely from a mechanical perspective. It's not overly complicated. There's not a lot of button combos to remember or anything like that, but just the gameplay of it is just smooth. It's responsive. It's quick. It's fun. Everything works the way that it should. In that way, you know, it's usually in the upper echelons uh, of beat-em-ups as far as that's concerned. But that's, I guess that's kind of it. And then if you talk about Final Fantasy V, I guess just by virtue of having sort of like this spinoff like OVA and that sort of a thing that there might be an argument to be made for its legacy there. Also, perhaps not necessarily inventing, but maybe refining and creating a sort of better baseline for, you know, job systems such as they are in in RPGs like this going forward. I think it kind of laid a lot of uh, bedrock for that. So I think there's definitely something to be said there. It's a tough call, though, because like neither one of them to me, like really stands out as like, a oh, like this has this huge legacy. If we were talking. <laughs> OK, actually, that that is a good point that you bring that up. I suppose that just the fact that there is an entire community event that happens every single year around this game, largely because of the job system and just how flexible it is. I guess there's something to be said for that. That is an excellent point. Thank you. Whispering voice. You're welcome. <laughs> so I guess that's a lot to say that though, though I would love to just give this to Turtles because Turtles, I kind of feel like I needed to give this one to Final Fantasy V. I mean, it would have been a lot easier if it was like, let's say, seven, because holy shit, like, who doesn't know about Final Fantasy VII? But I think what this game has done and the way that the community has sort of kept it alive, I think that that legacy sort of speaks for itself in, in that regard. So I think I'm giving this one to FF5. Let's go to Jeff next. So what are, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, this is a really difficult decision. Both games exist within their own franchise, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, would we have Shredder's Revenge if we didn't have Turtles in Time? Mm. Uh, it's like probably because we did have other Turtle arcade games. We've had lots of attempts to make Turtle games over the years, and this just tends to be like the best formula, right? For them to do for them to do a Turtle game, I would think if you look at today, just how popular and how much hype there was around Shredder's Revenge, outside of like your normal, it's probably fueled a lot by people of our age who still love the Turtles. <laughs> I must admit, I don't know if my niece and nephew who are young teenagers whether they're really interested in playing it 
they're more interested in like Splatoon and what have you. Mm. Those darn kids and their crazy games. <laughs> the kids and their Fortnites. Yeah. Ugh. So I this is where I'm trying to reason out because I think Turtles, the IP, yeah, I mean, it it gets rebooted every few years by Nickelodeon. We keep getting new, well, you know, every few, so often you get a new movie. Okay, legacy for the franchise itself, absolutely. But for this specific game, I think, like you're saying, it's definitely one of the best beat-em-ups on the system of that era. It's solid throughout. Great, great, great. It, it doesn't do anything. It didn't do anything revolutionary. It just did everything it needed to do, and it did it well. Uh-huh. And then on the other hand, when I'm thinking of Final Fantasy V, it feels like there's a really nice community, it sounds like, behind it today. And it does feel like, you mentioned it, where you kind of, when people list out their favorite Final Fantasies, let's be honest, this never comes up. That's true. Unless you're a hipster. <laughs> exactly. You've really got to talk to a proper JRPG head or real massive Final Fantasy nerd to get this to come up. <laughs> Otherwise, a lot of people will just go seven, six. Maybe you get the odd nine here and there or four, especially four. You know, that's probably my favorite of the SNES games of that era anyway. Same. So five, it gets overlooked. So that's where I'm struggling because Turtles in Time is just a game in isolation. It just, it just does what it does well. And five generally apart from a small community is pretty much just forgotten about Bart's gets put or butts gets put into the beat up games he always gets a look in so like you can see square enix or whoever you whatever you want to call them today still really regard him as a character but that's within like of course they're going to do that because it's their friend it's their ip sure all said and done if i'm going to choose one i think as an individual game i'm still going to give it to turtles all right <laughs> Well, we are yet again one and one, so that just leaves it up to Adam now. <laughs> this is the easiest decision I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, but honestly, um, Legacy, I think there's something to be said about the fact that this four job fiesta exists. There's a meta game going on with Final Fantasy V that you don't see with Turtles in Time. Like, occasionally you'll get these retro fan people, like you guys, who enjoy going back to these classics and playing them just for the love of of the game itself, but you don't see like self-imposed challenges put on yourself for going through a TMNT game. You know what I mean? This level of... It's kind of like, um, what do you call that Pokemon thing? Nuzlocke. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's kind of on the level of a Nuzlocke, only like way less popular. But the fact that they've they've put this extra challenge on to get people to come back and play Final Fantasy V, and it's an annual thing, I think that says something about the legacy of the game that it's it's so old, but it, it's still played contemporarily. So I don't know if you can really say that about TMNT Four, although you guys haven't brought it up yet. But isn't it going to be part of the Turtles Legacy thing? The the Cowabunga Collection. That's it. Yeah. So I saw yeah. a bit of excitement about that. It's because it was probably like the one game that's actually worthwhile in that yeah, whole the only collection. good game in it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's people are excited about that. That's cool. Shredder's Revenge, that popped off for a while. Everyone was super excited about that. I played it for about 10 minutes and turned it off because <laughs> I don't like beat-em-ups. But I don't think that the success of Shredder's Revenge is tied to specifically this game so much as the love of the IP itself and and the fact that there hasn't been a decent Turtles game in, I'm going to say, decades. But obviously, I have to give it to Final Fantasy V. It's got an OVA. It's got a metagame. 
I like to think that its job system has, or the rather the success of the job system in Final Fantasy V, has led to the evolution of the job systems that we see in modern JRPGs, like Bravely Default, for example. I don't know. It's kind of like the granddaddy of the job systems, I think. You could argue Final Fantasy III was, but I'm going to say five because five is what made it good. Yeah, that that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I never played three because it seems like they're just a finicky nightmare, but I would happily play five. So I'm going to give the credit to five. Anyway, obviously I picked Final Fantasy five. So that's my uh, little spiel. Well, there you go. And and actually, just quickly on that point, you made me think about it and I didn't even bring this up, but it's just, I guess, another point in uh, FF5's favor is just how ubiquitous it still is in that you can play FF5 on damn near any console or PC or mobile device at this point. Yeah. Which is, to be fair, that's sort of also just a commentary on Squeenix and them just beating the shit out of their IP and trying to milk things for as much money as possible but i mean they're they wouldn't do it if there wasn't some kind of demand for having these games available right right something to be said there since we've never had turtles in time literally anywhere else and i mean again to be fair i'm sure that probably has something to do with licensing because that's a nightmare but and the pixel remasters as well obviously Uh, i would like to see how that's performed but i don't know if the numbers exist for that Oh, I'm not sure. We might be able to look it up. I mean, it'd probably be easier to find than some of the sales figures for these older games. That's for sure. I mean, anecdotally, I think the Pixel Remaster of 5 looks fantastic. And it also fixes a ton of issues and things like that. So it's carrying over a lot of fixes that have occurred in some of the other releases, like in the GBA and what have you. Yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent. So, (laughs) you know, so far, actually, we have yet to have a sweep, which, again, I think might be the first time for any of the episodes that I've been on. They have all been two to one, which is a pretty close race, which leaves us with our final category, which is head to head. So let's see. Let's start this one off with Jeff this time. So, Jeff, I think I know your answer, but. (laughs) i'll let you speak on it anyway yeah uh if someone was to drop this in front of you which one of these would you rather play i'm thinking i've said two i've said a couple of things in this in this chat which kind of leads me to to the answer which maybe you're not you're probably not expecting but oh no i've been playing tmnt games since i was four years old i couldn't even i could barely reach the joystick for the first arcade game and i was still desperate to play at the arcades you know like that it's just something that my childhood is intrinsically linked to those four turtles. But, you know, like I said, I actually do really want to play Final Fantasy V. Uh, I really want to give it a fair crack because I've played pretty much all the other Final Fantasies up to up to 12. So it's not a question that's been burning within me, but I have often wondered, like, should I even bother with five? But doing the research and listening, especially to the last chat around Legacy, you basically swayed me. I, I basically... I shouldn't have voted for Turtles, but 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 the vote is in now. <laughs> Could have been a clean sweep if I'd gone second, maybe. So I'm thinking if you were to put them in front of me today, because of the hours, or well, maybe how many hours have I put into Turtles in Time, considering it takes 20 minutes to complete. So the 60 minutes of two hours over 25 years. Feels like a lifetime, but yeah, two hours worth. Um I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Final Fantasy V. I think that the modern Jeff would be really, I'm saying would be, I am really, really keen to give, to play that. So that's where my vote goes. 
Wow. Unexpected. Yep. I'm going to be honest. What an upset. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh all right you know what i'll i'll go next i'll I'll make this easy uh it's turtles it's just turtles like i like i said i'm currently playing through the pixel remaster of ff5 and and i am very much enjoying it i think the story is charming as hell i love the characters the job system so far is pretty great but if you're gonna plop these two down in front of me and say like okay which one do you want to play right now i am down to play turtles in time probably until I die. It's like it's one of those games that I am good at only because it was one of the few that I owned as a kid and so I played the absolute shit out of it. It's the reason and I've brought this up before on the show, it's the reason that I'm like weirdly good at Contra 3 mm. where like other people are like, yeah, that's a really hard game and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just because I I played it endlessly and it's the same deal with this. But frankly, Unlike some other uncultured individuals who shall not be named, I do not get bored or tired of it. So I, uh, I would mm-hmm. pretty much always play Turtles. And given that it is a, a nice little compact 25-ish minute package, it's, it's, a, it's, like, it's like a nice little snack size game. You can kind of fit it in wherever. And I know I'm always going to have a good time with it. So definitely Turtles for me. All right, Adam. Cool. What's your decision? Well, so in this hypothetical, you've put both games in front of me and you're asking me which one I would rather play. Mm-hmm. Well, I've just finished Final Fantasy V's Four Job Fiesta. I don't want to play that game again. <laughs> okay. But I quit out of Turtles in Time halfway through because I didn't like it. So what would I do? <laughs> um, I Neither would- is not an option. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> Honestly, I think I would rather do a full another playthrough of Final Fantasy V than pick up Turtles in Time again. (laughs) Just because it was so frustrating for me. Obviously, I like Final Fantasy V better. If you were holding a gun to my head to ask me which one right now I'd rather play, I wouldn't play either because I'm tired of both of them. But fair. Final Fantasy V, hands down. I just think it, what it does tickles my pleasure center (laughs) more than what (laughs) Turtles in Time does. I don't know where I'm going with that. (laughs) I was just expecting you to say pickle, but that's fine. (laughs) Okay. All right. Ashton, change that. It tickles my pickle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like it, it, it gives me the rewards that I want out of a game, which is leveling up and hitting that dopamine center in my brain. And Turtles in Time doesn't do that. It's, you know, just a level progression. So I would always pick an RPG basically over anything else. Unless it's a shit RPG. That's uh, Final Fantasy V. Okay. That brings us to the end of our categorical debates. And that, uh, to recap, we have Final Fantasy V taking the critical reception category. Uh, We have Turtles in Time winning the personal attachment section. And then we bounce back over and FF5 takes both Legacy and Head to Head all four categories, as I mentioned, uh, two to one wins. So no, no clean sweeps. This is, I think, going to be a, a close race, if I, if I may be so bold. So we are going to go ahead and take one last break. And then when we return, we are going to give our final verdicts and vote one of these games off of the proverbial island. So stick around.
returned one and final time, and now we make the ultimate determination, 100% objective and inassailable, such as it is, for which game is going to move on to the next bracket of King of Games 92. And so, to start things off, I'm going to hand it over to Adam. So Adam, which of these two games do you believe is the better game of the year 1992? Okay, well, it's obviously Turtles in Time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Great. All right. I'm marking that down. Knock, knock. <laughs> you said it. Said it. <laughs> okay. It's Final Fantasy V, and I'm going to tell you why you should vote for it too. Ooh, okay. Yes. Out of all time best games, all platforms, Famitsu gave it 15th of all time. I haven't seen the full listing, but I'm betting you that Turtles in Time didn't make the list. It sold 2.5 million copies in one country alone. Turtles in Time didn't even sell well enough to have sales figures recorded. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh Uh-huh. It also spawned its own OVA movie thing where a girl gets a wind crystal stuck inside herself and then farts out wind. (laughs) Shit. How can you not love that? Nice. Yeah, that's basically it. They really knew their demographic. Yeah. <laughs> you should actually watch that clip. It's really hilarious. <laughs> I, I have it on my watch later list. By the way, you can you can find this whole thing on YouTube. So yeah, I, I highly encourage everyone to go watch it. <laughs> I, I really literally watched that not that long ago. And it's got like this like sexy dominatrix chick. And she has these, they're like sidekicks or whatever, but they're like really chubby, muscular women that are dressed as cats. So, you know, <laughs> if you're into that, there you go. Give it a go. But yeah, it's just, it was ranked well. It's sold well. It's been on tons and tons of other platforms. It's been on Game Boy Advance. It's been on PlayStation 1. It has a Pixel remaster. It's got a meta game through the Four Job Fiesta, which people still play annually. And it is the granddaddy of the job system. So, I mean, it has a lot that it's done for the franchise and video games in general i think it's revolutionized rpgs in some ways it's had a lasting effect on the industry as a whole and turtles in time is just a beat-em-up a good beat-em-up but there are other beat-em-ups out there and there have been other better beat-em-ups so final fantasy 5 okay my argument kind of fell apart at the end there but you know (laughs) (laughs) no i mean that's yeah so we we've got one check mark in the ff5 category for this one and I'm going to potentially fall on the sword and be the one to go last. So, Jeff, I'm going to have you go next. So, oh, Jesus. What, what is your ultimate determination here? So, I just made a few notes just to counteract or just at least to, you know, why, why should I vote for Final Fantasy V? And, you know, I find it quite hilarious that I should listen to a Japanese magazine and, a, and the Japan shock horror who like a japanese rpg i think every time a final fantasy game came out it was top of the charts for a number of weeks little bit of a boast here i was actually in akihabara when final fantasy 9 dropped Mm. of all places and it was yeah it was pretty incredible just seeing how they react to a new final fantasy so i've seen it firsthand and they absolutely adore that series and then when you say well it didn't even get ported it didn't make it to America. What does that say? You know, let's leave that there. 
Are we supposed to respond to that? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just going to... No, he... No. He just wanted to drop yeah. the mic. Okay. That's what happened. Yeah. And then on the turtle side, shock horror, America likes games where they beat things up. <laughs> and eat pizza. And eat pizza. So <laughs> it's a no-brainer that Turtles was popular in the West, gigantic cartoon, big in the arcades, uh, toys were crazy, kids got obsessed. We've got two kids here still obsessed with it. It, it was just a phenomenon. And it still lives today, like... Turtles Legacy in general, still making Baird and Eastman very, very rich men. Or I think they sold it off at one point, didn't they? But uh, they're still they're still living off that money, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, it's by and large um, a cultural phenomenon, but that's the same as Final Fantasy. I think that's a cultural phenomenon as well. And and when you look at the, the genres, I think in these competitions, JRPGs generally do well. I think it's a, quite a popular genre within, within these circles. And beat-em-ups... Generally, aside from you would you would probably argue Streets of Rage two, beat 'em ups are pretty one dimensional and are seen as that, and they're seen as a bit of fun, but they are kind of as as I was saying earlier, they're just they're just there to churn up credits and to take take your money um, and give you a bit of a dopamine fix, you know, every every few seconds because you recognise something from from what you know. You know, this is me being a really long winded way of saying I don't know, and I'm trying to find. I'm still like. <laughs> get into that point where I need to make a decision. <laughs> I think it's a really fair point on the legacy part and where Final Fantasy V is today. I think that's really interesting, uh, g- like genuinely interesting. It's great that people still find ways to, to make it a, a fun and accessible game and give people challenges because I did, I did see that it's quite easy to break with the right job combination. So it's great that people kind of make it more difficult for themselves. I think that the, the really basic story lets, sounds like it lets it down especially in comparison, like you, were, like you were saying, to four and six, but especially, you know, when you look at the popularity of the story of seven, uh, not eight, I was going to say eight just to be funny, but let's not even bother with that. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely, there's, there's pros and cons to these games. I think genuinely for Turtles to be in the top 20 has, is an incredible achievement, just because I think, as you're saying, beat-em-ups are kind of poo-pooed quite a bit. Whereas Final Fantasy, like I said, I feel like they're always going to, whenever there's a year with a Final Fantasy, it will always be up there just because of how people love, love those games. So all that said and done, where am I going to vote? That's a good question. I think that I'm going to have to put on my, as best as possible, my unbiased, unbiased hat and go, okay, today, if you were to talk to, you know, your, your layman, your average person, uh, average gamer, which game would they rather play or pick up? I don't think they say either. I think they'd be a bit like, yeah, well, neither of them sound exceptional. They'd rather play something modern. So again, I'm stuck in the middle. Does someone want to give me a push? I say this is the most epic waffle I think I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> so I am going to do what I thought I would do at the beginning. I, I'm going to vote Turtles. And the reason, the main reason is, is that it's an, for the game that it is, and I, Admittedly, I love that genre. It does it all exceptionally well. I feel that Shredder boss within like the third stage in the Technodrome, when you're throwing it at, you know, you're throwing the foot soldiers at him, is one of the first games I remember playing where I felt like there was like a third dimension to it. Mm. I was really impressed as a kid, and I still find it fun and funny today. You know, Rocksteady and Bebop in their pirate costumes. I'm 38 <laughs> years old, but I still kind of laugh about that. Uh, the suit and yeah, I feel like that's 
that's got to be my reason. I think both games are going to struggle in the next round. Um, I think there's some incredible titles, but I feel like I would be doing my eight-year-old self an injustice if I didn't vote for Turtles. So that's that's where I am. That's totally fair. And also makes my choice here that much more difficult. So thank you. (laughs) All right. So we are one and one. I'm going to be the tiebreaker as I suspected I might be. So I've put a lot of thought into this and I don't have a well-written sort of uh, rationale like I did for (laughs) the Mortal Kombat episode, um, which I believe in the order that these are coming out, that's already happened. If not, then you'll hear it soon. This is more off the cuff, but I've been pondering this for the last like week or so, and it's been rattling around in my head a lot. And I've much like Jeff, I've been kind of going back and forth quite a bit. When we talk about FF5, I think Adam brings up a lot of fantastic points. I think he touched on a lot of things that I would have said anyway. You know, it did, as I mentioned before, you know, arguably lay the groundwork for the job systems that many games following it have, you know, iterated on and and arguably improved upon. But, you know, it laid that bedrock, which I think is important. Um, It does feel like it tends to get overlooked mostly in favor of the especially the games on sort of either side of it with four and six for sure. But then again, you are competing with a pretty high bar there, um, I think is safe to say. Uh, the, the release of it in Japan. And that's the thing is it's difficult too, because I try not to be super sort of Amerocentric if I can Mm. help it. Right. And I need to try to look at this somewhat objectively and not just as like my sort of knee jerk reaction is as an American growing up in the early nineties, I was like, what the fuck is final fantasy? First of all, (laughs) because that was just me. But even then, it was like, we didn't get five. So I have no, no knowledge of it. I didn't care, you know, whatever. But it was huge. And, and sure, you know, Final Fantasy is generally well regarded, regardless of what they put out, even if it's maybe kind of trash. The Japanese tend to like eat that stuff up. It's a very popular franchise. But being the second best selling game uh, in 1992, it's a pretty big deal. 17th best selling game ever. Again, that is quite notable. And of course, having the the OVA and, and all of those things, plus having the community that's built up around it, even other FF games don't have that, where Final Fantasy V definitely does. And pretty much all of that is owed to the job system mechanics that the game has. So there's a lot to be said there. When you go and look at Turtles in Time, it is, at least in my definitely objective opinion, one of the best beat-em-ups ever. And I'm not a huge beat-em-up guy, actually. I'm really not. But having played, you know, a handful of the others, um, particularly more of the popular arcade titles at the time, like Simpsons or X-Men Arcade or, or what have you, it's definitely way up there. And it is somewhat simplistic in that regard. But that's, in my opinion, that's OK, because it does what it does very well. It's a great representation of the Turtles IP. Um, you do get to you basically get the greatest hits of all of the characters you would expect and want to see. And so if you were or are a fan of the turtles, then that is definitely a treat. And they are all represented pretty much exactly how you would expect them to look from, you know, like the cartoon and what have you. Here's the sticking point for me. And this came to me fairly recently and I can't shake it. And it's part of it is honestly, it's me being consistent with how I ultimately made my decision in some of the other matchups in this tournament. And that is, I asked myself the question, 
if you were to divorce the game from the IP, would anyone give a shit? And the answer to that is, in my opinion, kind of in that I think mechanically it is a very solid beat em up game. I don't think there's any question there. But as we sort of pointed out, it doesn't necessarily do anything revolutionary. It just does what it does, but it does it very well. But if it was just a beat em up with just some random characters in a universe that's totally new, that no one has any vested interest in, would we be looking at it the way that we do now? I don't think we would. I think we would be looking at it as like a, yeah, it was like a middle of the road Super Nintendo game that was like a good beat em up and it's a fun way to waste 20 minutes, but nobody ultimately really cares too much. And it certainly probably would have never gotten a remaster or inspired something like Shredder's Revenge. It just would have been one of those games like Soul Blazer that just existed on Super Nintendo and then everyone forgot about which also Soul Blazer is a pretty solid game, and I think that deserves a remaster, but that's a different discussion. So that is a really hard thing for me to admit as like the <laughs> resident Turtles fan <laughs> of Retro Hangover. But having said that, I, I actually think I'm going to give this to Final Fantasy V. I think it deserves it more as much as it kind of pains me to say that. I do believe after having experienced both of these games and really looked at you know, the details and the general sentiment around both of them and how they performed back in 92 and then the legacy they have left behind. I, I have to agree with Jeff in that I believe that I love that Turtles in Time was even on this list and that it made it to this spot. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy. If I was going to be just completely subjective and not give a shit, I would, of course, want Turtles in Time to just win the whole damn thing, because of course I would. <laughs> But I I don't think we're going to do that. And just for context, by the way, if anybody's curious how this ended up getting seeded, Turtles in Time in our list of games came out in the fourth spot with FF5 at 13th. Mm. So there's definitely not a lack of love for Turtles in Time amongst the folks that are participating in this tournament. The older folks. Yes, the olds. <laughs> yeah. The the boomer millennials. Yeah. The people that are two years older than me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it's just those things like when you, yeah, of our age, when you think of turtles and turtles in time, immediately you just go to a happy place. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, that game's great. Boom. In, you know, absolutely. And then Final Fantasy V, you go, you start thinking, yeah, well, I actually preferred four. Six is a better game. It doesn't, you know, everyone has their preference, obviously, with Final Fantasy games, but I can, I can completely see why they ended up where they ended up. Mm-hmm. But when you have the conversation, when you talk it out, I think it's a fair result, in all honesty. I think I had to make sure I voted, at least make sure Turtles got a vote in this whole damn thing. And I appreciate that you did yeah, that. I, I, yeah, so that I can look like the the crazy guy who can't let go of his toys and, <laughs> and plushes and all his DVDs and what have you. No, I think... You know, when I reflect being on the losing voting side, I, I think it is actually a, a very good result. And I think uh, I really, really do want to play five now. All right. Well, folks, there you have it. I, I don't know about anybody who's listening to this, but I know for myself, I went into this matchup thinking that I was going to say some very different things <laughs> and that perhaps it was going to go in a different direction. But that's kind of how these King of Games episodes go. You never quite know what's going to occur. So. There you have it. Final Fantasy V, the 13th seed out of our something like 20 games that we started talking about at the beginning of this thing, 
is going to be moving on to round two. You've done the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I suppose with all of that being said, first and foremost, uh, of course, I'd like to thank both of you for being here with me today to kind of hash this one out. No problem. You're welcome. (laughs) You're so polite. (laughs) I want to give both of you an opportunity, as we are want to do. So, Adam, I've already mentioned what it is you do, but why don't you expand on that a little bit? So for the folks listening to this, uh, what what do you do on the Internet and where can they find you? Oh, shit. I didn't prepare myself for this. I am one of two people that host a podcast. (laughs) It's called The Good, The Bad and The Backlog. And we just talk about games that we have on our backlog that we have played and completed, usually. <laughs> and uh, you can find us on Linktree, which is linktr.ee slash goodbadbacklog. And we have Chris on quite a bit sometimes, like he tends to come on as a guest a few times. So you can listen to him on our show if you like. But uh, yeah, anyway, we just like to have fun, crack jokes and mostly just crack jokes and make really bad <laughs> potty humor references and stuff so that's uh that's us well you're certainly speaking to the right audience i'm fairly <laughs> certain if they're listening to us so there you go check out our 69th episode <laughs> nice <laughs> all right and jeff what what is it that you do and where can people find you assuming that you want to be found i don't know i just make that assumption about everyone yeah no worries <laughs> well i oh well i mean i have an inactive Instagram account, G-Spot Gaming, still got hundreds of posts there on video games, retro and modern. So anyone feels inclined, they can check that out. But um, I would say if if your audience uh, enjoy this series, then the podcast that I was a part of, the Region Free Gamers, for a couple of years and has now ceased to exist. But uh, we did a, a King of Games for the year 1998, which includes your Ocarina of Times and your Metal Gear Solid. So if anyone's interested in going through going through that and they like this format then uh, i would recommend you go on to uh, your podcast uh, medium or uh, of choice and see if you can find it and give it a listen it's a few years old now but uh, we had great fun doing it and uh, doing episodes like this remind me of uh, just how how fun excruciating painful but ultimately uh, you know <laughs> uplifting and you know they give you a lot of personal growth listening and doing these uh, doing these chats so yeah I recommend you go and check check that out I will absolutely second that recommendation. King of Games 98 was fucking wild, and I'm still angry about some of the decisions, <laughs> but, but it is a good listen, to be sure. All right. Well, and as far as we're concerned, if you're listening to this, well, first of all, if this is the first time it's come out, then that means it is on our Patreon feed, so you already know who we are, and we very much appreciate that you are here and you are listening to this firsthand. If you are listening to this on our main podcast feed, then we also appreciate you just for being here. Hello and welcome. We hope that you're enjoying this stuff. If you would like to hear things like this first, or in a lot of cases, some exclusive content, you too can become a patron if you'd like to support the show in that fashion. It is not, of course, required, but it is certainly very much appreciated. And you can find that as well as all of our other stuff over at our Linktree, because that's what all the cool kids are doing. Apparently, by the way, I found out that Linktree is like so 2008 or some shit, but what? I'm old, so I don't care. So we still have a Linktree and probably will until the service ceases to exist because we're just, you know, ornery and stubborn like that. But you can go to Linktree slash Retro Hangover and find a finely curated menu of buttons that take you anywhere you want to go as long as it's related to us. 
Um, so please feel free to check that out. And with all of that being said, uh, we look forward to catching up with you next time on the next installment of King of Games 1992. Bye.